Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. HRC is the book, State Secrets and the Rebirth of Hillary Clinton. Jonathan Allen, Amy Parnes are the authors. The book is everywhere. And they are joining me now. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you so much for having us. I ran for a train yesterday at uh, Penn Station in (laughs) New York City, and I I took note. I think it's a Hudson News that sells books there. I'm not sure. But there you were right in the front window. It's a it's a very distinctive cover of the book with a, I think, flattering photograph of her. Where did that come from? The picture. I think it's originally a Time or a Newsweek. It's one of the big news magazine photos. Uh, you know, our publisher uh, found it. And we, we liked it. We thought it was dr- dramatic and striking. And, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, biographies and profiles of, of people that get them in their, like, sort of worst moment. And, uh, you know, we're, we're glad that it, we don't have to, uh, you know, explain the photography as well as the book. <laughs> the book's getting a lot of uh, traction, a lot of circulation, a lot of commentary. We'll get to that in just a bit. But can I can I go deep into the book as a starting point? Because maybe it's just me. I love all the political intrigue and drama. I also wanted to know how all the pieces fit together with Benghazi. And you spent, I think, in excess of two chapters dealing with this. 
And I like the way you framed it because you correct me if I'm wrong. You said there are really three issues here relative to Hillary Clinton and Benghazi. One is, did any requests for increased security in Benghazi reach her before that September 11 and those fateful events? The second is, what of the events of September 11 themselves, because there were these allegations, a hot subject in the blogosphere as to what she did or didn't do on that day in real time. And then a third area of inquiry, to what extent did she participate in any cover up? Can we go through them one at a time? What did the two of you figure out relative to requests for enhanced security that may or may not have hit her desk before the events? Look, there's, we found no evidence uh, that she was aware of the specific request, essentially to maintain the security posture uh, in Tripoli, uh, which is where the main embassy is. Uh, they, they did get up as high as uh, Pat Kennedy, an undersecretary for management and operations. Uh, you know, it's clear from the, the investigations that have gone on, to, on into this, uh, both at the congressional level and the State Department's own internal review, which, of course, is, you know, semi-independent. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton picked the, the board that looked into it, but you know, the congressional review also sort of backs this up, that, uh, that there were problems at the State Department, that there were mistakes made, that there were miscommunications, that uh, more could have been done to prevent uh, or, you know, or reduce the likelihood of such an attack. Uh, no evidence that it made it to her desk. Um, you know, the other thing is, that, and I should mention this as well, uh, you know, the, the philosophy that she went by was one of uh, promoting expeditionary diplomacy, having diplomats in dangerous places to try to sell America uh, without the, the benefit of, a, a, you know, a gun over, uh, you know, being put on somebody. So, uh, you know, that's part of it, too. There was a willingness and a desire in general to, to have foreign policy be be diplomatic again and not just uh you know not just brought to you uh, by camouflage so that that sort of factors into what's going on here too as well talking about that day um you know we don't have a minute by minute tiktok but i think we provide much more detail than anybody else ever has about what was going on at the state department what was going on at the white house what the interaction of the national security agencies were once this happened, and uh, it's very clear that Hillary Clinton, out of all the national security players, was the one who was most on top of the situation. Obviously, it involved uh, her diplomat Chris Stevens, uh, America's diplomat, but also you know her employee uh, and the other three who died, as well as the the others who were in danger. She was uh, on a video conference with uh, with. Uh, much lower-level aides at the other national security agencies. That is to say, the defense secretary wasn't on the video conference. The president wasn't on the video conference. Uh, she was very much involved in that. She was uh, talking to other, uh, you know, other officials in the region, uh, talking to David Petraeus by phone, asking him about what drone assets were there. Uh, you know, once this happened, I think the you know the State Department, as much as it could in Washington, and Hillary Clinton, as much as she could uh, from Washington, were were very on top of this. And then. In the aftermath, as far as a, a, a cover-up, uh, you know, I, mean, I think there's a lot of question about the talking points and the extent to which the administration was willing to discuss whether this was an act of terrorism or not, and uh, the extent to which that might have played into the 2012 election posturing for the president. Uh, Hillary Clinton herself, and we talked to senators who were there in these private classified briefings the first week, uh, originally said this was by you know done by armed militants. The senators came away thinking she had had talked about terrorism, whereas Susan Rice had not. Uh, but, you know, the, you know, the, that question is, is one that's a sort of political in nature as far as the, the, you know, the policy element goes. I think, 
you know, they were just trying to figure out what happened and, and, you know, why it happened and who did it and how they could find the people that did it and bring them to justice. And as we know, that hasn't happened yet. From the book HRC, heartbreak permeated the State Department. It is an unusually close-knit group for a government agency in part because of the common experiences and values of the Foreign Service officers who dedicate their lives to traveling the world on behalf of the United States, bringing people together to focus on moving forward would be a delicate balancing act. And then there's this. She didn't need to add the weight of televised interviews. The three networks all wanted her to appear that night on their broadcasts, but she agreed with Rain's recommendation that she decline the requests within a few hours of the president's visit and within 24 hours of the attack on the annex. Sunday morning television talk show producers began asking State and the White House whether Hillary would be available to appear that weekend. Of course, she doesn't go on the shows. Ambassador Rice does. The rest of it is history. Why didn't Secretary Clinton make the rounds that Sunday morning? Well, you know, her aides were basically, um, they made that decision according to them. They they didn't even run it up the food chain and, and ask her if she wanted to do that. So I think they made the decision. You know, they also point out to us that she doesn't really like doing the Sunday shows, you know, that she actually, she doesn't prefer to do them. She doesn't have a history of doing them. Of course, she does appear from time to time on the Sunday shows, but that's another excuse that, or another reason that they provide. Hey, guys, I want you to hear something. It will bring back memories for everybody, and then you can comment on the context. Easily obta- ascertained I, that that was not the fact. But, but, and the American know, people could have known that within days, and, and they, they didn't know that. With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it I because understand. of a protest, or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? It is our job to figure out what happened and do everything we can to prevent it from ever happening again, Senator. Now, honestly, I will do my best to answer your questions about this. Put it in context, and are we going to see that footage in 2016? And if so, is it being shown for or against Hillary Rodham Clinton? That's a great question, Michael. We're definitely going to see that footage again. I think it's probably... Uh, going to be shown against her. I doubt that that's something that her uh, folks want to bring back up. I think there was a moment there where, uh, you know, in, in, at some level she was helping out uh, President Obama and Susan Rice and trying to bring her position uh, about whether this was terrorism or not closer to their position. Uh, uh, you know, it was a time when the, the, you know, the president and Susan Rice could probably have used a hand. But, you know, one of the fresh details in our book is that she was at, uh, that that seed for that comment was planted by her uh, communications advisor, Philippe Rhinus, in a, in a sort of prep session before, uh, before she went to the hearing. And some folks have used that to say that we're, we've uh, excused her by saying it came from somebody else, it was somebody else's idea. Another way to look at it is, uh, you know, that moment that looked so, uh, I think, you know, on the surface looked so, um, so spontaneous and so uh, emotional on her part was actually something that had been discussed beforehand and was uh, at least, uh, you know, partially calculated. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think we will see that again. The Senate, the, the Senate Intelligence Committee report, I, I thought, was very condemning of the State Department generally, but it never seemed to get directly to her. And, and that's what I took away from HRC, your book on the subject of Benghazi. That there's well, I mean, not an email, that there's, there's not a, 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 an anecdotal account of someone who can say, I told the secretary we needed enhanced security on the ground in Benghazi, and I was rebuffed. 
But and Michael, I think you know I said this before. I think if you want to count, you suggested it, if you want an account of what happened in Benghazi, everything that went into it beforehand, what happened there, and afterward, and you want, really want to know what went on uh, and and have sort of a fair view of it, I think you get it from this book. I don't think you'll, you'll find anywhere else anything quite as uh, full and also at the same time sort of to the, to the point. And I, you know, yes, there were there was a fault at the State Department in their inability to see what was going on on the ground in Benghazi, which is that the situation was getting much, much worse. The State Department, and I think, you know, Hillary Clinton obviously wanted Libya to be a success story. She invested a lot in making Libya uh, you know, first of all, getting rid of Gaddafi, and then second of all, trying to stand up a stable democracy there. Uh, she really wanted that. The State Department really wanted that. They were pushing for that, for the normalization of relations there. And the information coming back from the ground that things were getting more dangerous, not less dangerous, was not making its way uh, to where it should. And, and to the levels that it did make it, uh, decisions weren't made that could have alleviated or uh, reduced the likelihood of, of such an attack. Um, or at least better defended the, the compound there. So absolutely the Senate report found, finds that mistakes were made within the State Department. Absolutely the State Department's internal review found that. The uh, House Republicans have, have found that. Uh, what they haven't found is sort of, uh, you know, any sort of smoking gun where Hillary Clinton said, no, let's not have greater security there. I think she was very well aware of the general danger, uh, but not necessarily the specific threats and what was uh, you know, what at the time was becoming a much more dangerous situation. We saw other countries pull back uh, their diplomats from the Benghazi area. There had been a series of attacks. Uh, and, you know, in retrospect, it's easy to piece all that together. Uh, ideally, the State Department's piecing all that together in real time and making decisions uh, that, that, you know, keep our diplomats as safe as possible. This is I John Allen and Amy Parnes. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. The book is called HRC State Secrets and the Rebirth of Hillary Clinton. The Microsoft Excel spreadsheet is the real story there that the Clintons are more sophisticated about keeping score than others politically, because there's nothing new about keeping score, but perhaps not with this level of detail. No, and we point that out. You know, politicians everywhere have these sorts of lists. They want to know who was with them and who was against them. But the the thing about the Clintons is that they have the ability to to punish and reward more than probably anyone in modern history. So I think that that's the difference. Um, And you, you... you know, there, this kind of sends a, a signal to Democrats that you don't want to be on the wrong side of the Clintons. And you, you saw that in some of the um, early, like, revenge rounds that Bill Clinton did. In 2010 and 2012, he took out people who weren't helpful to her. And, um, and we talk about that in great length in the book. Well, my, my favorite example is the example that played itself out in my backyard where Congressman Patrick Murphy was one of the, the youngest, earliest supporters of Barack Obama. And you talk about Jason Altmyer extensively in the book, but Murphy came out in support of Obama. The Clintons took notice when Murphy thereafter sought to run for attorney general against Kathleen Kane. Kathleen Kane, who really didn't have a relationship to speak of with the Clintons, when they figured out that there was someone running against Murphy, Bill Clinton came into Murphy's backyard to do a fundraiser for Kane. And ultimately, she was successful. And I remember that. I'm thinking, boy, they really, they're like jolly old St. Nick, you know, making a list and, and checking it twice. Yeah, uh, Patrick Murphy got a big lump of coal. I mean, it could have been it could have been Ken Starr running against Patrick Murphy, and they might have gotten <laughs> exactly might have gotten the right. support at that point. Uh, you know, as as you know, Patrick Murphy had already lost his his uh, you know previous House race. He'd been knocked out of Congress, and they just kept following him down the line of elections to state attorney general. You know, once once Bill Clinton entered that race, Jason Altmyer in Western Pennsylvania saw that called one of his. We talk about this in the book. It's a really I think a, a rich story called. Uh, Jason Altmyer called his top aide and said, "Watch out, they're coming after me next." And sure, he sure enough, he was right. Jason Altmyer is now in the private sector in Florida. 
You say in the book the Clintons are exceptional retail politicians. And when I read that, I said to myself, I know he is. Is she? She is, actually. People don't really realize this about her. I mean, sure, she's not as gregarious as he is, but look what she did when she left the State Department. She sent out 16,000 thank you notes to people, 5,000 of them handwritten. She's, She's very much a person who likes to get in there. She likes to congratulate people, thank people. And he doesn't really do that as much. She's very big into that. And and everyone we talk to mostly has a story about how she did that for them, how she was, you know, they had a baby and she sent a note a day later. And she's very much on top of that. So I think in her own way, she's her own retail politician for sure. I enjoyed the uh, the TikTok of what went on in the Situation Room on the night that bin Laden was taken out. And I particularly was interested in the tail end of that chapter where President Obama calls President Clinton and he says, quote, Hillary probably told you. And Bill replies, I don't know what you're talking about. And you say Hillary hadn't mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wondered what do they share at that level? Did She was brought into the loop by Leon Panetta. Panetta was looking for a colleague and an advocate. Hey, by the way, guys, kind of freaky here in Philly. We have a foot and a half of snow on the ground and the ripple of thunder through my studio. I'm not accustomed to seeing a thunderstorm raining on snow. So pardon me. Pardon me if I'm distracted. That's more Miami without the snow. Crazy, right? (laughs) Hey, so, so beware of snow, snow apocalypse. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So do we believe that, that Hillary would not have told Bill when she knew they had a line on bin Laden? Well, look, you know, they have a very close relationship. We talk to people who say that they, when she gets out of an event, he's her first call. When she, when he leaves an event, she's his first call. And, you know, so we know that they talk all the time, but we also know that she's very loyal to the president and his cabinet. We write about this extensively in the book. You know, he wanted, Panetta, as you mentioned, wanted her buy-in because she has this so-called bias for action. Um, she, she does believe that we should go in there, and she believed all along. You know, she was the senator of New York. She believed we should go in and get and get bin laden so you know we talk about that we talk about the importance of that so i think you know when it comes to work and business matters i do believe that she didn't she didn't mention a word it was highly classified she didn't want anyone else to know there were only a few people who knew about it at the time so yeah we we heard this from a number of sources jonathan michael you got to remember one of the things she was arguing internally was if they waited any longer this was going to leak out that that just even the number of people who already knew, even in this like beyond highly classified, you know, like uh, super need to know basis, like she was arguing, we need to go ahead and strike because this is going to leak out whether or not we do pretty soon. So uh, I think she more than anybody else, uh, or as much as anybody else, believed that uh, that there was a danger in, in uh, this getting out. So it's, it is believable that she would not share that information. Jonathan Carl writes that uh, you have fallen in love with your subject. He accuses you of Stockholm syndrome, to to which you would say what? I've never been to Stockholm. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly haven't fallen in, uh, fallen in love with our subject. Uh, you know, John, uh, John is in, entitled to his uh, opinion. Uh, I think we... Um, you know, there were there were a couple things in there, uh, you know, specifically that that we thought were suggesting he might not have entirely read the book. And yeah, he said that we spent as much time on the World's Fair in Shanghai as Benghazi. We spent seven pages on the World's Fair, as you point out, uh, a couple of chapters on Benghazi. Yeah, more than hey, you know pages. what? When I when I got to the end of the book, I thought I had missed something on the World's Fair. 
because I read his no no BS. I read his review and I said to myself, I've just now read two and a half chapters on Benghazi. What did I miss about the World's Fair? That's the thing. We, I think we devoted so much attention to Megazi more than any other topic. We talked to people who, you know, are, are, are not friends of hers on, on that issue. And, you know, we've expressed those views as well. So um, I, I don't know what that review is. But, you know, we also have solid reviews from um, Kakutani in the New York Times and the L.A. Times and the Washington Post. So that's one review. <laughs> OK, here's my final question for, for both Jonathan and Amy. You've written oh, and by the, the way, Michael, thank you for reading the book. Before yeah, I'm, I'm, my pleasure. I'm keen. I'm keenly interested in the subject. So here's what I want to know, because I have read not only the book, but all the reviews and yours is the kind of a book. And in fact, even the materials from the publisher, uh, everybody wants to give you that nugget that they think is most significant from the book. So now that you have done the media rounds, what is it that you think you uncover in this book that surprises you that people aren't speaking more often about? What are we all overlooking? I think what we're all all overlooking is actually the, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, having read it, is actually sort of the entirety of it. I think that there is, uh, you know, a sort of look at Hillary's Clinton, Hillary Clinton's character uh, as uh, as a leader, as uh, you know, in terms of decision making, how she goes about making decisions. And I know it's hard; it's not as as sexy as a nugget that says, you know, David Petraeus lent her his bed, or you know, the uh, the nuggets about what she did on health care or the hit list. But to me, the the sort of entire of her decision-making process, particularly as we look at this person potentially being our next president, uh, to me is the thing that doesn't get talked enough talked about enough, uh, and and you know the uh, the understanding of the levers of power. We talk about a lot in the book, uh, you know, sort of how she came in and got herself close to, in calculated fashion, to the military, got herself closer to Obama to sort of rise in power. You know, worked on budget issues through Jack Lew, who is now the Treasury. Secretary, he was actually a deputy secretary of state. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that sort of mapping out of how she walked into an office, figured out how to become more influential, and went about doing that, I think, is the part that hasn't gotten talked enough. Amy, about. what do you what do you think you revealed that the reviewers aren't talking about? a lot. You know, we talk about the relationship she had with her husband, with, with uh, Vice President Biden. You know, they have a very close relationship. We have a scene where he's, like, dropping to her his knees. To convince her to become speech. this, right. Exactly. I mean, you, you learn a lot about her relationships with people, not just, you know, John mentioned Petraeus, but, you know, the, here's a guy who most people would think doesn't really like her, and he says he called her a tremendous president. So we expose a lot of these things, and we, you learn a lot about who she is personality-wise. You know, we, we take you behind the scenes of this infamous cardboard cutout, which got a lot of play here in Washington. Um, Obama's speech, chief speechwriter, John Favreau, was seen kind of cupping a cardboard cutout of her. <laughs> yeah. it got, he got right. I remember. hot water over it. Um, um, you know, and it takes you behind the scenes into what happened, how the Obama side was kind of freaking out about it, and how Hillary called and called the speechwriter and basically said, you know, jokingly said, oh, I haven't seen the picture, but I hear my hair looks great. I mean, that's not a side of her that I saw coming into writing this book. I thought of her as this very buttoned-up character. I, I didn't think she had much personality to her, but it turns out that she she does have those moments, like what we saw in New Hampshire when she cried. She does. So we, we explore a lot of this sort of stuff in the book. The book is called HRC, State Secrets and the Rebirth of Hillary Clinton. I know it's for sale in Penn Station, and it's <laughs> nice to have Jonathan Allen and Amy Parnes on the program. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the book.
Thank, Thank you, you so much, much, Michael. Take care. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.